Well, good morning, friends. This is podcast number 461 for Friday, January 14th. I want to apologize in advance. I'm still struggling with a little bit of throat issues, but uh, hopefully I'm not a distraction to you today. We're going to be dealing with anxiety, anxiety today as we're in our ABCs of Christian living. Let's go to our memory verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the word of God, uh, word of the cross, excuse me, is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Talking about the cross um, is talking about the power of God. Men don't rise from the dead. But with God, nothing is impossible. Look at Romans chapter 1, 16 and 17. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's for everyone. For it in, in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So we have two different portions of scripture and deals the deal with um um, the power of God and deals with the power of God through the gospel of God. Anxiety. I looked it up um, in the dictionary. Anxiety is a feeling of uneasiness and worry, usually generalized and unfocused as an overreaction to a situation that is only subjectively seen as menacing. What is anxiety? It's actually looking at something that potentially could be a problem but we're making it a problem in our minds. Most of what we worry about never ever comes to fruition. But the damages of anxiety can be huge on relationships, can be huge on your emotions, can be huge on your physical body. When the body is at rest, um, it is a body that is, um, is producing some kind of healing, but a body that's not at rest takes what would be more uh, for healing and turns it on itself and the body begins to kind of attack itself. We all know people who we would call worry warts and most of what they worry about doesn't come to, to, uh, to fruition. And even if it does, the reality is that there's only so many things in our life that we can control. And so we have to trust God. Really truthfully, um, the opposite of anxiety is trust. The opposite of anxiety is trust. Write that down, mull that over. You may not agree with me, but I believe that is the truth. Matthew chapter 6. <coughs> Matthew chapter 6, excuse me, verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. <clears throat> familiar portion of scripture. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? Uh, what you will eat or what you will drink, uh, nor about your body, what we will put on. Uh, but put on clothes. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, uh, not of more value than them? Notice that he calls himself our heavenly Father. He makes himself personal to us, right? Jesus is saying he's your heavenly Father. And which of you, by being anxious, here we go, can add a single hour to his span of life? The answer is none, no one. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither uh, 
neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, all of his glory, was not arrayed uh, like one of these. But if God so loves the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father, again, personal, your heavenly Father knows what you <clears throat> that you need them or all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. It'll take care of itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. <clears throat> the reality is that we can't change a lot of things in our life. We can't. You know, one of the big disservices that we tell our children is you can be anything you want to be. That's not true. It's not. If your child is five foot five, probably not going to play in the NBA. Just the way it is. If your child doesn't have that skill, he's probably never going to be or she's never going to be in the WNBA or the NBA. Just because you think it doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's a lot of self-help stuff out there that's just nonsense. It really is. And some of it is overt spiritualism and some of it is actually a cult. It's occultism. It's, it's, it's occultic in its practices because it puts man first. It puts man above God. That's what Romans chapter 1 is all about when, when um, Paul says that when they knew God, they chose not to know God. And they chose to elevate the creature above um, the, cre the creator. Don't elevate yourself above God. Submit yourself to God. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? You want to know what God's desire is? Submit yourself to him. Submit and commit your life to Christ and let him do it. We're to be anxious about nothing, literally. Now, that's easier said than done. I get that. But I really truly believe that the, op the opposite of the anxiety is trust. We trust God. Let's look at 1 Peter. A familiar portion of scripture to many. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 says this. And I think this, this key verse is important. We like to quote verse 7, but I think 6 is important too. Humble yourselves. The key is humility. The key is to, to realize who you are and who you aren't. And the key is to realize who God is. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. It's all together. There were no verse uh, breaks here. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are both experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. What does it start with? It starts with humility. It starts with realizing that you're not in control of your own destiny, that you're not the pilot of your own ship, that you're the co-pilot. If you're the pilot, you're headed for rocky ground. You're headed for a crash. You're headed to be uh, for sinking if you're the pilot. But when you move over a seat and you allow God to have control, that doesn't mean that you do nothing. It means that you're not in control of everything. And your realization is that you're going to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and allow him to exalt you in proper time, by the way. 
in his timing, his perfect timing, and we're going to cast all our cares on him. Why can we do that? Because he cares for us. He has your best interest at hand 24-7. You don't. You don't. You think you do. But how many poor decisions have you made thinking that you had your best interests at hand? Or how many poor decisions have you made out of anger or out of frustration? May not be the best thing, but I'm going to at least do something. God doesn't do that because he's never taken by surprise. He never goes, oops, I didn't see that coming. He has a plan for your life, and you need to understand that trust is the opposite of anxiety. Look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We're not demanding God. We're thankful that God listens to our prayers. Let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any worthy of praise. Think about these things, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He said, we've modeled it for you. So follow it. And think on these things. Think on these things, the things that are true. Remember with anxiety, most of the things aren't even true. There are things that we're concerned about they seem menacing. They seem like they could be, oh, this could be horrible. It could be, maybe, but it probably won't be. It probably won't even come to fruition. So just just, just chill and, and ask God in, in uh, total peace, ask God uh, to do what he does best. And that's to care for you. Go to Psalm 37. We were here yesterday in Psalm 37. Um, I want to read the first seven verses. I love this. Psalm 37. Verse 1, David says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. <clears throat> Be not envious of wrongdoers. So he says, don't worry about evildoers and don't envy wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Befriend faithfulness. I love that. I love that. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight in the Lord, the desires of your heart will, by the way, line up with his will. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will act. <coughs> he will act. There's the trust. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the uh, the man who carries out evil devices. Don't worry about him, but don't um, don't also um, ad admire them. Wow, they seem to get ahead, and they seem to no, no, they're like the grass that's here and gone. So commit yourself to the way. I love you when he says, "Befriend faithfulness." Befriend faithfulness. Um, one of the other versions says, feed on faithfulness. Feed on faithfulness. I love that. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10. 
Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And who is his righteous right hand? Jesus Christ. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. There's a good three-part sermon right there. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Jesus Christ will uphold you. He will take care of you. We need to trust in that. Turn back a page to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11. It says this, and I love this. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. He is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And a psalm that we hear mainly at funerals. But I think it's, it's not just for funerals. Psalm 23, and let me read these verses. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Maybe you should take some time today, this week, and familiarize yourself again with Psalm 23. Last portion of scripture as we get ready to close here. Proverbs chapter 3, another portion of scripture that's very familiar. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord. There's the trust again. The opposite of anxiety is trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. He's the one. He's the one. But first we need to trust and we need to acknowledge him and we need to let him do what he does best. We need to let him do what he does best. Write that down. We need to let him do what he does best. Let's close in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. So we talk again.